am Julie Moran, and I am so thrilled to bring you my podcast, Limitless, Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Today on my Limitless podcast, I'm speaking with Susie Moore, a former Silicon Valley sales director turned life coach, author, and advice columnist. You may have seen her on Oprah, The Today Show, and CNN. And today, she spends time with us talking about simple ways to stop stressing and start living. Hi, Susie. Thank you so much for coming on the show. What a joy to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, your latest book, Let It Be Easy, is chock full of incredible and useful advice. And I kept a pen with me while I was reading it. And I must have circled a hundred or more of your wonderful quotes and sayings and hoping to use them later. I mean, I just, the book is so chock full. Oh, I'm I'm so happy to hear that. That's certainly my goal. After 20 years of studying self-help and really, you know, being obsessed with letting life be easier, I put all of my very best stuff into this book. So I'm, I'm so thrilled that you like it. But reading through it, you share a lot about your own struggles growing up and your life was anything but easy. I mean, you <laughs> grew up on welfare. You often lived homeless or domestic abuse shelters. I mean, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yes. And this is something that, you know, is essentially almost like the premise for the book. Um, as you shared, you know, my you know background growing up was unstable, lots of chaos, lots of moving, abuse, addiction, just, uh, you know, this, this uh, place of living that just never feels safe or secure. And I remember when I was a child, I think to myself, oh, well, when I'm an adult, I'm going to, it's going to be easy for me, right? Because I'm going to marry someone who's stable and normal and treats me well. I'm going to get a good job. I always saw my mom struggle financially. I'm going to make money. I'm going to have, you know, a good career and a good marriage. And I worked hard to achieve those things. By the age of 30, I was making half a million dollars as a Silicon Valley executive in the tech world. And when I got there, it still wasn't easy. Mm. It was just a different type of hard. So I remember thinking, like, I've got the things I thought that I wanted or the things that I've done, the things that I thought I needed to do in order to feel ease now and feel relaxed and not have anxiety. Um, but that just simply wasn't true for me. So I then became obsessed with understanding, really, you know, what is ease? What is the missing piece here? And it turns out that ease is just a skill that you learn like any other. Well, you know, that's so interesting because especially someone who came from nothing, that had to be mm -hmm. really hard, that decision really hard to give up a half a million dollars a year. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. I was so scared. And I felt a couple of years feeling really guilty, actually, as I started to build up my business. Like, did I do the right thing? Uh, also, you know, I support my mom financially, too. So I just felt like a lot of emotions, a lot of fear, but... In my opinion, the only really way the only way to live your life regret free is to make decisions based out of love and creativity and possibility, not out of fear and not out of uh, a concern about making a mistake. And so now, I just had, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, now you're a very successful life coach, and that must be so satisfying that you can help people in need. 
I can't tell you how much I love my work. I feel like I do the best. I, I have the best career on earth. I still can't believe I get paid. I mean, for me to be able to help people solve their problems, to go from where they are to where they want to be, to help accelerate that process, it's such a joy for me. I appreciate it fully. I don't take anything for granted. And I really want this for everybody. You know, I want people to live full lives, be be true to who you are. You know, the, the beating of your heart, your intuition, it's leading you somewhere. And that's also, you know, part of the book, making, you know, the next right step for you, the next right move, making that easier, right? Without a lot of complicated overthinking and um, over, you know, catastrophizing, just really looking at the truth, coming back to the truth and living from that place of truth. Wonderful. I mean, what are the most common concerns when people come to you? What, what are the most common concerns they have? Oh, I love this question. You know, it's so interesting because I've coached all types of people, right? So celebrities, CEOs, stay-home parents, people who have very, very different life experiences and backgrounds. I will tell you that the problems are the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say in the book, you know, that uh, you know, even extraordinary people have ordinary problems, right? It's self-doubt. It's worrying that we might make the next wrong move. It's living too much in the future or living too much in the past. Not being able to understand that we always have options in any situation. When we when we feel stressed, the body shuts down, right? The brain shuts down. It shuts down our creative center. And when we live in a place of stress, we actually can't see all of the possibilities and options before us. We don't realize how powerful we are and how much control we have over our lives. So that's essentially what I do. I I... I work with people and I help them like see the truth, see what's available to them, and then encourage them to trust themselves. And mm -hmm. in fact, the word confidence, the word confidence comes from the Latin uh, origin word confida, meaning to trust. So we, it requires some trust, some faith in a greater outcome in order to, for us to be really confident. And that's also a skill that we learn by being willing to be uncomfortable. You know, I heard you mention three things that impact our confidence levels. What are they? Oh, my gosh. Well, if, it, depending on the situation, <laughs> uh, you know, confidence is something that doesn't just come. Like, it, it's not like, and sometimes we think, oh, she's really good looking, she's confident, or he had a really great education, he's confident, or, you know, this family, they have money, so they're confident. Confidence isn't attached to any of those things, right? And we can see this in uh, in various situations, even just look at, you know, rich, famous people and just the level of suicide, how that's higher than the average person in that small universe, right? Just realistically speaking, looking at the numbers. Um, confidence destroyers essentially are being around the wrong environment, so not taking control of who's around you, if they're encouragers, if they're people who are going to you know, push you forward and celebrate you when you're happy, focusing too much on the past, focusing on mistakes, dwelling on things that don't require your attention, and then also not taking those strides forward, right? Like it's very easy to coast in life. And look, the comfort zone is a, it can be a fun place to be, but not all the time, right? Human beings, it's, it's important for us to move forward like forward motion and expansion as well you know really why we're here and so being able to take risks take steps even though they feel scary consistently it's incredible the outcomes that you can create and I loved when you talked about you know not avoid using assurance seeking sentence openers like don't you think or uh, <laughs> is that right you know you, you, you yes. diminish you diminish your confidence when you do things like um 
or you say yes to everything that, or you say, oh, well, I don't, I'm sorry. And you just, you can't start sentences that way. <laughs> uh, oh, I know. And this is typical of women, especially. It is referred to as the tag question linguistically, where you'd say a statement um, and then you'd soften it with a question. So this is a great green for our branding, right? Mm. Or, you know, or I think this was a really good idea, don't you think? Like, if we just kind of lose that assurance-seeking tag, we sound so much more confident. And we listen to the words that we say, too. So also, we internalize it. Um, and, yeah, there are a few habits that we can certainly drop that just make us appear assurance-seeking, make us appear insecure around others. And to be conscious of these, it's really, like, it, it's really powerful because it impacts how you feel and how the world perceives you. Absolutely. And I imagine someone who comes to you for help is looking for purpose, or they want to know what they're good at. And I've heard you describe this so well, you call it the skill distiller formula. Tell our audience about that. <laughs> yes, well, everyone has purpose, everyone has a lot of capability within them. Um, but sometimes we just we, you know, we, we kind of don't know where to start if we're looking to really tap into our gifts. So it's a wonderful thing to be able to look at your past, right? Like success leaves clues. It's not as if you wake up one day and you're like, I have no idea what I'm good at. Sometimes we can feel that way. We can feel a bit lost, but it just means that we haven't really focused. So it's if, if you look back in your history, you can ask yourself questions like, when was I happiest? You know, what comes naturally and easy to me? What do people come to me for? Like what, so people tend to come to me for advice, right? Or they come to me if they need somebody to listen or if they need someone to be like a cool head in the face of stress, right? Maybe someone would come to you if they needed help uh, home decorating or if they needed help having a hard conversation with their children or if they needed, you know, advice to get out of debt in a consistent way. So you can look back at your history, see where you felt great, see where you really felt engaged, notice what what successes you've had and don't discount them just because they came easily to you but notice what like what's gone right what what don't what area of your life don't you struggle with and typically that's also an area where people will seek out your help and seek out your attention so you look to the past you could even just create a list of I was happiest when this is what I was doing this is what it felt like and you'll notice that there'll be common threads throughout whatever it is that you write down. And then it's our job to kind of pay attention to those threads and then seek out more of those in our future. You know, it's really interesting. I was talking, that's one of my favorite chapters in the book, chapter 74, Success Leaves Clues. My oldest daughter was doubting herself. She was having this whole anxiety on the phone with me. She's a senior in college. I said, Maya, let's go back in your past. Okay, Yeah. you got every role in were the lead in every play at Brentwood School. You um, sang for Open for Adam Levine. You won that contest to do that. I said, you were homecoming queen and your high school. I said, let's just go back in your life and look at how successful you've been and focus on that. Do not focus on the negativity you're feeling right now. And I think that success does leave clues. And then you go back and you look where you were successful, and then that gives you confidence. Oh, yeah. See, this is the power of our focus, right? I mean, people have asked me before, you know, what are you most proud of or what's your greatest asset? It's con I'm in control of my mind. 
So, so, you know, so your daughter, for example, it's very easy to go into a place of, I don't know what I'm doing. I, 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 I can't figure it out. I need help. We all do this, right? What you did in that example is you just directed her focus to the truth. Mm. Right, to the truth of the facts. And look, it's reality, right? We're not saying, oh, think about these mystical da-da-da. I mean, there's a place for that if you like that kind of thing. But you're like, these are the facts, right? You th- Maybe you're thinking, I'm not good enough. But let's look at proof that maybe you are good enough. Like, just look at your history. You have a history with the universe. So really, I mean, that's, that's it. Like, focusing, where is your attention going? In any situation, you have this choice. Even if, you know, say you're a business owner and you have a bad month or a bad couple of months, it's been hard for businesses the last couple of years, especially. What are you focusing on? What's missing? Maybe a new product, a new service or doomsday. Are you focusing on the news, focusing on your revenue drop? Like, where is your focus going? Because your focus is your greatest asset. Oh, amen to that. And <laughs> yeah. how, how, can we t- how can we tell if we aren't letting life be easy? Because you feel like a bad word. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you don't feel good. I mean, it's it's obvious. Like it, we know. Like our body knows. You know what? What emo- Like our, our dominant emotions. We have somatic symptoms, right? So, if we're stressed out, we can like feel our heart beating. We often don't feel hungry. We can have like tunnel vision, right? But a feeling of stress. You know, our, our body knows. Our body is listening and paying attention. The amazing thing about our mind, having a you know focused mind, a well-directed mind, is that your thoughts create your emotions, right? And then your emotions are manifested in the body, and then those emotions drive your actions. And then your actions are your life, right? That's what creates your entire life. So you know that when your emotions feel a little off, if you don't feel happy, if you feel tense, if you feel um, anxious, whatever emotion it may be in the body, you need to, a great question to ask is, okay, let me think. I'm feeling this way because I'm thinking, fill in the blank. Mm. So thoughts and emotions are directly connected. So if I feel anxious, I'm believing something is out of my control or I'm believing something bad's going to happen or could happen. And so if I just look at it, right, if I kind of just go back to the thought and I question it and I look at uh, look for the truth, often you'll see that just so much of our fear and so many of our thoughts are simply just a, a, a mind that has not been tamed. Right. It's just going all over the place in this terrible spiral of this could happen, that could happen. And it's often bad things. We could just like calmly bring it back, like slow it down, take some breaths, ask. I have a three step question formula when I feel stress coming into my body. The first question I ask is, how serious is this really? And that that interrupts immediately the fight, flight, freeze response that we have as human Mm. beings. How serious is this really? Like truly three deep breaths, because unless someone's coming at you with a knife, right? Often a lot of the things that uh, that we perceive as so stressful aren't that stressful, right? They don't require the level of stress the body creates in order to handle them. So how serious is this really? Number two, what's essential here? So even a, a friend of mine messaged me a couple of days ago because she was so tired, she's got three kids. She was like, oh, my God, I feel really a lot of stress that I have to even just make dinner tonight. Like, truly, I'm just exhausted. And I'm like, how serious is dinner? Right. <laughs> What's essential? The, the only essential thing is that the kids eat something. Right. And so they ordered pizza. Good. Perfect. Good for you. Yeah. And then the third question is, how can I let it be easy? So that was her decision. It's like, how you're making stress about dinner for the kids. How serious is this? 
they're not going to starve. They'll be fine, right? What's essential? The only essential thing is that there is some food of some kind. Who cares if it's cereal one night? Truly, come on. <gasps> and then how can I let it be easy? So for her, it was easy just to order a pizza for her kid. So, so important to hear. Yeah, so it's like, really, what are we, are we stressing out so much about things that aren't that important a lot of the time? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so too. You know, you encourage readers to call their to-do list a get-to-do list. Why is this yes. important? <gasps> let me let me ask you, what, what are some things that are on your to-do list today? Well, today um, is a really easy day for me. Go to the gym, mm-hmm. go to lunch with my mom, have drinks with my Aww. neighbor, and, um, and, co- and, and cook dinner. So, um, but I've already pre-planned the meal. It's ready to be, okay. you know, all I have to do is, you know, I can go have drinks with my neighbor because I've already set up the dinner, bought everything, everything's chopped, ready to roll. So I just ma- made it easy for me to have a good day. You know, I, I, I read your book, Susie. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But so today isn't a stressful day for you. But just say for some reason you felt stressed today because you're like, oh, I've got to record my show. I've got to meet a friend for lunch. Oh, my mom for lunch. I've got to uh, go for drinks. I've got to you know, make dinner. The way that I look at that is like, yeah, you, you have to record your show because you have a show. And that's a blessing. Right. And that's something that you've, you've wanted, that you've created. And if you're having lunch with your mom, that means you, your mom's alive. Right? You live in proximity, close enough proximity to her that you can see her and go for lunch. How, what a blessing to have an, a neighbor, a neighbor that you like. Have you seen neighbors from hell? Neighbors from hell are real. <laughs> like you also have, uh, you know, you've already got a dinner, like yeah, dinner because you have a kitchen, you have access to food and you can create what you want. We need to really take a step back sometimes looking at the things that we have to do and realize it's because there's, there are just so many blessings in our lives. Like I even had to go to the, uh, the OBGYN, right? As a woman, we need to go for our checkups. And I was feeling like, oh, I don't want to go, right? And I'm like, well, I'm a woman who has access to healthcare. That's not true for women all around the world. So I'm lucky. Yes, very lucky. So when we, yeah, but we, when we realize we get to do these things, it's not just like, oh, to slog through. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's like we get to do them because we are more blessed than we remember. And we're too blessed to be stressed. I, I, I've always, I've always <laughs> used that little phrase in my life. Yes, I like it. <laughs> you can, you can use that in your next book. <laughs> All right, I will. <laughs> you know, you talk a lot about palm trees, which I love palm trees, and that they can teach us about resilience. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. Yes, I mean, so I, I, I grew up in the UK, right? So there are no palm trees. <laughs> there so whenever I see a palm tree I just feel like I'm on holiday it feels exotic and luxurious and I just they make me so happy so I've always just loved them Um, and then a friend of mine in Miami when I moved here I was telling him I'm like I just love looking at the palm trees and in Miami you know we have a lot of hurricanes so it's you know South Florida we just it's just part of the weather conditions down here and he said to me he he told me that Palm trees actually get stronger during hurricanes. Their roots get deeper. You see them bow, but they come back. And he's like, after one hurricane, two hurricanes, three hurricanes, they are at their strongest. And I was like, this is what it means to be human. Mm. (laughs) Right? It's like we don't become strong by having everything go well all the time and have no one reject us and have nobody hurt us and have, you know, nothing unexpected happen that's negative. It's when those things happen and we just keep coming back. 
right? So that the the bad things like the hurricanes, the things that push us, stretch us, scare us, maybe look like they're knocking us over, they actually don't. Right. This is where our this is where our power and our wisdom is if we let it be here. It's like and then when the next storm comes or you can feel another hurricane coming, you're like, I've been there. And I know I, my And strength. I got through it and I'm still standing and I can do this again. I see. That's now. right. Yeah. And I love yes. that song. What's that song from Pink? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> yes. Well, isn't it true? I yep. mean, it's like, you know, we, we weather a lot of things. So let's let's remember that if, if, if storms strengthen the palm trees, storms certainly strengthen us. Amen to that as well. <laughs> you know, there's a chapter in the book um, called Boredom is Dangerous. And I liked that yes. chapter. Uh, tell our listeners about that. Yes. I mean, my mom would always say that there are no naughty children. There are just bored children. Right. So mm. I remember that because I was an au pair for a while when I was 18 in France for a summer. And I remember whenever the kids had nothing to do, that's when there'd be trouble. Right. Like kind of going into the fridge, making a bit of a mess. And I'm like, you know, I think this is true for adults. <laughs> <laughs> like when we when we don't have a focus and we're not busy or engaged in something meaningful, worthwhile, even playful, um, it's easy to start creating problems, right? Or to think that there are problems or to just want to have some momentum in your life by maybe having a, a disagreement with someone or going down the scroll hole on social media, kind of knowing that it's just going to make you feel bad. So this isn't to advocate for overwork or hustle culture. I'm very much against that. But I can often notice that if I'm not feeling great, if I'm feeling low and it's consistent, it's often because I'm not engaged in something worthwhile or I haven't been. And So and when you look at nature, yeah. You, you encourage your readers to know their one thing. That's what I thought was yes. so interesting. Some people don't embrace or even know what their thing is and how to live that out yeah. in their life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. And again, like looking back at, you know, success leaving clues and being conscious to to what brings us joy. We it, it no one can give this to us, right? It's not like there's a time where someone's going to come to your house and say, "Hey, this is exactly what your purpose is. These are the steps. This is what you need to do now." Like that never happens, right? It's just through action we learn. It's through action that we get clarity. It's through taking one step forward that the next step is revealed. You don't get like a roadmap for everything now. Like the next 100 steps, no, you just get to the next step. And then that requires our faith to keep going. But that's, that's all that's required of us as humans, right? To be curious, to be true to ourselves, to focus on what matters, to keep our focus really clean, like to not get so distracted with all the nonsense and life will give you plenty of nonsense to distract you. Um, and know that even boredom, unless it's planned boredom, which can be really fun, um, but know that that too can be a bit of an enemy. So it's like, are you focusing? Are you engaged in something meaningful and worthwhile to you? Even if it's just playful, these things we have control over. There's a little quote that says, God can't drive a parked car. And, um, I think, uh, and that if we sit and park, what, what is life? We're not living it. That's right. That's right. So it's like motion forward, keep going. And look, take breaks when you need them, right? This isn't to say don't rest. Like rest is essential to human beings and we should take rest without explanation or apology. But a lot of the time, sometimes when we don't know what to do, we do nothing, we don't feel good, we don't know why. Often it's just like getting busy. 
by getting busy is so underrated in terms of stepping out of feeling depressed and stepping out of just feeling bad or low or unsure of what to do next. Action can really be a savior. Absolutely. I also like your chapter. You spot it, you got it. Tell our listeners (sighs) about that. Oh, I love this. It just, you know, it just shows us that the world is a reflection of, of who we are. Everything, there is no like subjective truth, right? There's no like, this is good or bad, or this policy is good or bad, or this hotel is good or bad. I mean, this conversation is good or bad. There's just what we perceive, right? Everything is just our perception. Our reality is created by us. So I always like to pay attention to what people say. If they're like, this is good or bad. I often will just kind of notice what it's saying about the person versus about the actual, you know, external objective thing. So I notice it on others. And I also like to notice it on myself. And when we consciously do this, we notice that if we're like, oh, that's bad, that's boring, this is, uh, that's crap, it's often when we're just not feeling good. And so if I'm feeling really good and joyful and connected, then I often, I'll see the good in things, right? If I'm not feeling so good, I'll just notice that it's, uh, it's, it's me. And so I've got a bit of a negative lens on today, you know? So whenever someone says something or, you know, whatever it is that they may observe, um, the, the example that I put in the book is, you know, when I go to Europe with my sister, who's an architect, she always just says, look up, look up because she sees the buildings, right? Like she Mm. sees the old architecture that's beautiful um if i went with a foodie friend she'd be like look at these menus look let's go to this place let's try this these tomatoes Um, a photographer would look for amazing light and amazing locations like we see what we are absolutely we see what we are yeah so whenever i think you know what am i seeing i'm like what is this saying about me and or somebody else what advice you know there's so many people out there that are feeling lonely sad lost Mm -hmm. You know, what advice do you offer those people? Like loneliness is stressful. It's actually the biggest cause of stress. So we sometimes we think the stress is, you know, financial stresses, you know, around our health. Loneliness is a really, really big driver of stress. So I would say, like, make it your mission to find some connection, like to be heard, to be seen, to make friends. Again, this is within our control, what it is that we can do. We can reach out. We can ask for help. We don't have to be lonely. Like we don't have to be lonely. There are always new communities, new people to meet, even online. If that's your reality, and you know, with our current reality right now, you don't have to go through life alone. There are people who want to help you. There are always potential new communities, new friends, new human beings uh, to make, like, to meet, and new friendships to be made. Um, and again, no one can do that for you. No, you. you this you, is kind. Of- you have to step out. You can't stay in park, as we talked about before. I, I say this to myself sometimes when I'm feeling a bit antisocial. I'm like, get out, get out, get out. Like, I know I'll feel better. I know it will take me out of my negative spiral if I'm consciously taking action to be around the right people and to put myself out there in new ways. It requires some courage, but it's worth it. It's so true. And just one more chapter I want to talk about. Um, I love this mm-hmm. chapter. It's called The Grass is Greener Because It's <laughs> Fake. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> we look at everybody else's grass and we think, oh, their life is so great. Well, they got fake grass. <laughs> they, yeah, well, we, we're only seeing a little bit of the grass, right? We're not seeing the whole field. And that's okay, right? No one's expected to share their difficulties, right, with others straight off the bat or on social media. But remember, we're not seeing the full picture of people's lives. 
right? Someone might look like they've got it together, but you don't know if their kid's being bullied. You don't know what their health report came back as. I mean, I've seen it so many times where even people look really successful and it turns out everything's least and they're broke. Mm. You know, like we just don't know and we can easily give away our own happiness thinking everyone else is so successful, everyone else has got it going on and I don't. And you might be in a better off position than them without ever even realizing it. And you're feeling bad for something that isn't even real. And I I talk to my daughters so much about that on Instagram. I mean, that's just a, you know, a painting of someone's life. You have absolutely no idea what's behind that painting, what they're really going through. And that your first book, Stop Checking Your Likes, really dealt with that, you know, and how social media is really harmful for, especially for girls, you know, um, and how they have to really be in check with, with that and understand it. Yeah, I mean, social media in itself is neutral, right? I love social media. I grow my business that way. I love connecting with people. I love it. But unless you check it and you know that it has a place and it's not all truth, it can be harmful. Absolutely. Unless you, unless you kind of have this lens of knowing, you know, I'm taking everything here with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm bringing my own perspective to this. Then absolutely, it can just make you feel bad all the time. But I just, I, I know, I've coached too many successful people who look perfect on Instagram to know that it's it's not true. Like people might even look at us and go, oh, look. And it's like, hey, I have my problems. I have my stuff to deal with. And I just know that's true for everyone else. So that perspective can save you. It certainly can. We're about out of time. And I have one last question. What do you say to that person who is under a constant state of stress and worry from work, from family, from life, and they just Mm -hmm. want to break from it all? What would you say to them? I would say that you're not alone. It's a very stressful time. And the stress that you're feeling, is there a way, like, is there a way to look at it? Like, is there a way to look at it and question, is all of my stress that I'm feeling, is all of this real? Or is some of this imagined? Meaning, if you're so stressed out right now because you're looking for a job, okay, that is a stressful place to be if the the market isn't great. But what else, right? So, Being stressful in that situation, being stressed out in that situation is understandable, right? But what do you have control over? What are your options? The movie that you're playing in the future about it being very dismal and depressing, just, you know, that's imagined. We don't know any of that yet. We're future tripping, right? Hmm. What can we come back to the present? Focus on what our options are. We always have options, at least three in any situation. What are our options? What's the priority now? Can we just breathe into the present and then allow our creative mind to help us by looking at it objectively, not jumping into the future and and having this horrible movie of what's going to work out for you. That's imagined stress. The real stress is handling an existing challenge openly, right? Objectively looking at it and then realizing that you have more control than you realize when it comes to assessing your options and taking unlimited action. And remember that you're a palm tree. (laughs) <laughs> that, ah, that's right <laughs> that you can do it you can get through it you know um that's right. Susie you are absolutely delightful um, I love your accent <laughs> and I'm just so uh so thankful that you came on the show today thank you for having what a joy speaking with you you know and I want to say anyone who wants to de-stress from their crazy life and we all live one needs to buy your book let it be easy simple ways to stop stressing and start living. Thank you again. It was such a pleasure. 
Thank you. Have a great day, Susie. Thank you. Wonderful. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me on Limitless Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know when new episodes drop. You can also keep up with me on Instagram at It's Me, Julie Moran. Stay bold, everybody.